Hello, welcome to the Off The Rocks podcast. My name is Jen and I'm chatting with Sarah. Hello. Hello, hello. We were just talking about the new Game of Thrones episode. Sarah admitted that she has some sort of crazy, illegal allegedly, streaming system. Allegedly, allegedly she has said a that. illegal streaming <laughs> thing. <laughs> you are so techy. I know. I love, I love that about people. One of uh, one of my exes knew instantly how to get hold of just anything. Like I'd be like, oh, I'd love to watch that film or that series, and you'd just be able to get it. You're just, like I, that. I am like that. Yeah, I can't cope with not having everything I want all the when time. When I want it, <laughs> but in a technology sense, quite literally. Yeah. So I, I do. I have just got this incredible thing that it just blows my mind. I get so excited about it, and everyone's like, "Do you know I can kind of live with seeing something like in a month or two? And I'm like, "I can't. I need it now." It is so, weird, yeah. though. It's weird as well how American films get released, or they tend to get released sooner than we have ours yeah. and same with certain series it's isn't fair. it it's, it's ridiculous fair. what's the point <laughs> it's oh it's all legal like copyright bullshit isn't it you know like i wouldn't mind i mean i have netflix because i use my mum's but i wouldn't mind paying like i actually wouldn't mind paying a reasonable amount a month if it just meant that i could have everything but like i'm not oh. going to pay for netflix and then pay for amazon prime and then pay for sky and so yeah i don't have anything on my tv i just have this thing on my laptop which just lets me watch everything can you <laughs> like access really old stuff like say if I wanted to watch a childhood program that I've got fond memories of could you get that it's um the the only slight downside with it is that it's got um movies and tv on there but it's not got a massive catalogue so like I do I have other programs that allow me to watch stuff from like (laughs) don't you sometimes get the like real (laughs) urges to watch things that are just pure nostalgia and you watch it you think what the fuck is this (laughs) shit how did I ever enjoy this? <laughs> yeah, definitely, all the time. Yeah, so th- I do have, um, I do have something that lets me kind of access stuff like that as well. Because I just, I just need everything, you know. Yeah. You get in moods where you just like, I just want to watch. Um, what was that thing we were talking about um, months ago? Like Robin Hood and the and yeah, Maid Marian and, and Mary yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's Best theme there. tune ever. Not sure. <laughs> yeah. So today we thought we'd discuss dating and relationships. It's kind of that's come about because I think we've mentioned this in the last couple of episodes that you have been sort of open to dating. You haven't been kind of going at it like a bull in a china shop or anything, but you have you've been dating a little on and off and you've it's a you've, lovely metaphor for this particular <laughs> <yeah>. thing. Um, <laughs> but um you've met somebody that you really like and it's going well and you've had a, a few dates. So it's really relevant for you at the moment, this topic. Yeah, I'd actually rather not talk about it, Jen. So um, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for tuning in. <laughs> um, yeah, I have. So obviously, we want to be respectful to your new relationship, and you know, who knows how it will pan out. But well, thanks for your faith, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't got the best track record. Let's be honest. That's a very all your relationships valid point. have failed up till now. <laughs> can't argue with that quite spectacularly as well but they do that I was talking about um, that with someone uh, a while back when I was just like oh god all my you know relationships have been like disasters or whatever and they were saying but you know but relationships are like inherently they do fail if yeah. you know you kind of have new ones but I was like yeah but there's failing and there's failing <laughs> yeah you haven't seen my relationship history no it's not been ideal I I don't think 
I don't think in a way there's such a thing as a failed relationship. There's a, <laughs> yeah. such a thing as a relationship that ends. And maybe that's the same thing. <laughs> but I don't necessarily <laughs> I, think that it no, is. No, no, it is. It, I, I do understand what you mean. I don't, I just think life is a is an experience of things that, you know, work or don't work. But I don't see them as um, as failures because you do learn stuff even if it's not immediately like oh I'll take this into my next one and I'll never make this mistake again but I think it's more just like kind of um coming out of relationships and being like oh why did I do that like why did I stay in there there that long why did I put up with that behavior why did I do this this and this you know I kind of I mean I don't want to be too hard on myself but yeah, there's just been quite a lot where it's not it's not been ideal, and yeah, I, I just kind of I you know more than beating myself up, I just kind of feel bad for my former self for just for yeah. doing it. You know, I'm just like, oh God, why did you? Why? Yeah, I think as well you can repeat the same mistake quite a few times in different relationships, <laughs> and that's completely understandable as well because. Mm. It's so it's so hard to see who's sort of at fault in in any relationship, really, when things don't go the way that you'd ideally want them to, because it's such a complex thing. It's such an exchange of neurosis and and needs and damage. And it's a, and it's a two it's and a desire. two-way thing as well. So yeah. you know, you're kind of like you might well think that you have all of your kind of stuff in order, but then there's someone else to take into account and. Yeah, that you've got two people who, um, you know, aside from what you've learned or haven't learned or been through, like you've got these unconscious needs, and yeah. that's the problem. In that, in that, you can um, repeat these patterns of seeking out the same kind of people to try and fulfil these unconscious needs, but you inherently pick people who won't or or who will or can't or can't mm. exactly, and that's why it is really hard to learn from them because you can't you can't really help who you're attracted to. You can. Um, you know you can learn about yourself and become self-aware of your of your circumstances and stuff but you know if you've got some strong drive that needs to be met then it's really hard to to turn that off and just be like well I know that this person is bad for me so I'm not going to go there Mm. Uh, so you know you do just have to persevere until until you find someone who is pushing all different buttons (laughs) yeah and and drives inherently need to be met that's what they're that's what yeah. their purpose is and and to sort of really look at that and and I do think sometimes in fact often more often than not it does take repetition of something going right or going wrong to really look at the fact that ah oh, so this is the same result that keeps occurring yeah <laughs> and the, the yeah. common denominator is x y or z for me you know that's happened loads of times for me it was drink for ages I kept thinking oh it's stress oh it's anxiety oh mm-hmm. it's work oh it's whatever and ultimately it was the fact that I just was in a terrible relationship with that substance and you have to sort of look at the under the underlying factors of as to why that is but ultimately I had to take that out of the equation for some time to really properly make that work it didn't it didn't help just meddling around with the surface things and in relationships it was the same thing my kind of like probably the biggest work of my life and I'd say it's probably that's probably true for an awful lot of people is like a kind of um dysfunction when I got into romantic relationships it didn't really happen in other relationships and and it's easy to see why that is because a romantic sexual relationship will really 
really trigger the the primal parts of you and and that's where we try to resolve all of our um parental stuff it's just that's just how it works and that's why it's incredibly complex yeah and and a lot of our um you know we we model those relationships as we grow up not even knowing it on whoever Mm -hmm. we were around and if you've had as, as again loads of people have i'd say again more often than not kind of bad examples of that of of your parents or your step parents or caregivers whoever they were if you've had sort of negative examples of that of of dysfunctional relationships you will probably mirror that and and copy that without even knowing it I I know that I did and I only really realized I'd done that once I'd gone through a few significant relationships and been brought to my knees because of how heartbroken I kept being at, at the same result even if I seemingly had met somebody really promising and absolutely adored them loved them saw a future felt that they felt the same way and yet it kept playing out ultimately in the same dynamic it takes a lot of introspection and I know that you've mentioned that you kind of not had a serious relationship for the last few years and this is seems like this could be could be one now but I I think I think it can I think it can take a lot of time and reflection to really look at at that and to to make headway on it and a lot of probably abstinence from it I don't think you can do it yeah. it's possible to do it when you're in a relationship of course but it's I'd say it's probably harder I think to, to take yourself away from it is, is one of the um the best things you can do just for a little while yeah I think um that's really well put because I think what you've mentioned there are the things that you do have to do you have to do the work on yourself and be introspective and you know really take a long hard look at your previous relationships and your behavior and and be willing to take responsibility for the stuff that you you know might have some shame around like we all behave in ways that perhaps we wouldn't want to uh when you're feeling kind of insecure and and not great and then the other thing is is yeah taking a break and sometimes that break is is forced by <laughs> yeah. no one being particularly interested um, and sometimes you know you can actively dis- decide to make that decision like I'm not going to date I think mine has probably been a bit of both um, and it's you know I think we've talked about this before though where I do however you come to being on your own um, it is still a choice because you know I'm not completely you know I could have gone and I could have got into a relationship with someone that I'd met on a dating app who was okay or who I sort of liked or or didn't even you know that could have happened really really easily but I just wasn't remotely interested in doing that yeah, and it depends how much you lower your standards like we said the other week yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's just, a choice it, it definitely is and you know I and I uh, spending the more time that I spent by myself the more it it became a really good thing in that I was I was like I'm definitely okay by myself and that's a really good that's a really good way to feel you know being independent and autonomous and knowing that you can make your own decisions and stand by them and, and just and also all the good things that there are about being single of not having to think about anyone else but yourself and just do exactly what you want to do but you know I'm not going to lie there was another part of me that is was sort of scared about you know the longer that I spent by myself the more I was just like I don't really know how I would be in a relationship again and you know I have that has been a massive fear for me which I guess is where the um the other person and being you know in a relationship comes in and then you kind of see how it plays out and if you um you know I like to 
think and hope that if I met someone now that pushed all those old buttons and got me back into those behaviors that I'd be able to recognize it sooner and that I wouldn't kind of put up with it and and you know but this is what I've been thinking like you know will I recognize it will I do this I'm still going to be attracted to this person but then when you meet someone who who doesn't do any of that and it is complete the complete opposite who is available and nice and kind and I'll stop gushing now but when you when you do that suddenly it's like oh actually I'm all right like I'm kind of doing okay I'm not a complete and utter mess like I'm not suddenly like how do I how do I deal with having someone in my space and how do I you know cope with someone you know it, uh, being nice to me I'm not actually that great I'm not used to people being very nice to me and that sounds like a very depressing thing to say but you know I've just been in relationships with people who haven't or, or not even relationships just you know dating situations or weird situations where people haven't been very nice to me and I'd learned to make excuses for them or try and understand why you know what their motivations were or what they were struggling with and uh, you know, suddenly you're just like oh I don't have to do that anymore like some no, people you don't have are to all right you don't and have to accept suddenly that. yeah suddenly all of the work that I've done on myself is it kind of is okay and I can recognize what is good and healthy and that is um it's really quite liberating yeah I think it's one thing being triggered and we'll all get triggered when we when we engage in romantic relationships certainly in the beginning when you're trying to work out who this person is what they're like what your boundaries are what theirs are there's so much going on in the early stages of a relationship and it's you know if you realize I'm really attracted to this person it seems mutual it's such a heady time it's really hard to stay grounded and sensible because yeah yeah it just is it's 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 just such a hard exciting time where your senses kind of go out the window a little bit or they can quite easily and so you will be triggered on one thing or another sooner or later in those situations and the difference the healthier difference if you've done some work on yourself is that in those situations where you feel like that is to be able to respond properly rather than just react in like an old patterned response which isn't it's not healthy to do that to sort of knee-jerk react and I definitely used to do that I'm still guilty of doing it now occasionally but it's so much better when you can catch yourself and and just press pause and take a bit of time and work out what it is in you that's being triggered and to actually come back to the situation with your faculties intact and, and be able to discuss it honestly and properly rather than just flying off the handle or reacting from your base instincts which often are ridiculous sort of tantrum-y they're not even quite truthful because it, it is just like an old patterned yeah yeah that's it it's not actually like appropriate for the situation you know at the age that you're at in the in the situation situation you're you're at it's just like it's yeah it's old old footprints that um just come really easily but as soon as you as soon as you can catch it and take a step back from it like you know you like you say you're still going to have those responses Mm. they'll still be there and they'll you know to some extent they'll can still be extreme and they can still kind of derail you but as soon as you do that you just take all of the power out of it and you give yourself that space to actually 
be a bit more kind of analytical and be like, now hang on, is this is this really right? Why am I doing this? Is it maybe because of this, this and this? And yeah. then you can just kind of work your way through it. And I think that's, yeah, it's it's a massive, it's a massive thing. And it's, I can compare really, really easily like responses now to sort of, you know, five, six years ago where I just couldn't, I couldn't catch them. I couldn't understand them. I had, I had no idea. And that's just a horrible terrifying place to be in when you just have these really really extreme feelings about things that are maybe not extreme situations because uh, you know just the amount of times you're just like why am I being so paranoid or why am I being why do I feel so upset mm. when so it's insecure only this this and this mm. yeah definitely mm. I think as well when you just said a couple of minutes ago about you used to get into relationships quite deeply and then realise that you just weren't happy with the way that you were being treated and you felt that you were putting up with substandard treatment from somebody. When you're sort of a healthier person, you can actually really look at any relationship that you're in more objectively and feel, not that it's all about you, of course, because it's about, it's two-way street when you're in a relationship with anybody, but it's not all about feeling grateful that somebody else wants to be with you or spend time with you or is giving you attention even if it is just negative attention mm. it's about actually thinking do you enjoy that person's company yeah you know, what do yeah. you get out of this as well as you know you do you feel that it's been reciprocated the things that you're putting in and the effort that you're making is that actually coming back as well if you stepped back would you receive phone calls from them would you get the same amount of effort would they invite you out would they set up the next date you know would they buy you an ornamental frog? <laughs> yeah, it's all sorts of things that, you know, I, I certainly, I used to do that where I was so full on. So if I met someone that, you know, there was some chemistry with, which in itself is quite an elusive thing, you know, you just don't have that with everybody. You just don't. No, no. And, um, and so when you do, it's, it's really giddying because it is such a... It's quite magical. Yeah. Like, I know it sounds like that's kind of like a... No, it a, is daft it's not a daft word though but it is because it's just it's such a like intangible undefinable thing you know when people talk about chemistry and it just becomes a bit like mm, what's the chemistry like but when it's there it's just it does blow your mind like particularly you know to be honest I know people who to them it's maybe not that important they're more interested in like oh you know do we have stuff in common and are they nice or whatever but that doesn't interest me like I need chemistry I want someone to make me laugh until like my mouth actually hurts and to um, be able to kind of riff with on just loads of nonsense and then to instantly go from that into talking about really deep stuff and just I, that I love that like that's my idea of um yeah, that's how to spend an evening. So mm. when you get there, it is it, it just, yeah, it's really, really powerful. Um, and when you get there with the right person, that's great. But you, yeah, you can have chemistry with people where when that happens, suddenly you're blinded to all the other stuff that comes after it. And then you're like, oh, but the chemistry's great. And it's like, well, yeah, but how, how are they treating you? Are they being aloof and, and not in contact and, and all that kind yeah. of stuff? So it can be really hard. Yeah, and, and when you're in... A relationship with people you have to obviously not only consider yourself but consider that other person and oh, accommodate <laughs> accommodate them it's all about me Jen <laughs> have you ever had when someone sort of disengages without kind of notice or warning or, and you just don't get it millennials now call it ghosting that's sort of a new phrase really but mm. have, have you ever experienced that 
not sort of ghosting as such. No, not in the sense where, you know, you think everything's going well and then they just disappear. Like, yeah. I mean, that, I guess that's kind of the extreme ghost. I don't know, clearly not. That tends to happen though, terms, apparently. It does. I think it is a thing now. I think it's, um, and it's almost not an acceptable thing, but people, I think, just go, yeah, I've been ghosted, as opposed to like, where the fuck have they gone? You know, like if someone just did accepted. that for me, kind of five or 10 years ago, I would have been baffled. But yeah, I think it is just a, an out that people take now, which, you know, maybe like, I think maybe five or 10 years ago, that used to be like, oh, I can't believe they've ended it by text. Whereas now it's just like, they just don't bother to end it at all. So I've never had that, no. Yeah, I, I've never had that. But it is a real common phenomenon by all accounts. And this is going off on a slight tangent, but I've just recently finished the book, Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. Is that her name? Did you love it? Alderton, yeah. I know that you've read it too. Yeah, I did. I did love it. I wasn't crazy about it. I know that it's a really popular book and um, a load of my friends like recommended it very, very highly. It's the kind of a watered down English version of Elizabeth Wurzel stuff. So it, it doesn't... I read that. Yeah, she wrote Prozac Nation and The Bitch Rules and Bitch and Now More and Again, I think it is. But yeah, she, it's, she really reminded me of her, but as not as good but it's you know I, it's subjective taste yeah it's literary. of course it is i like the f- i think what i liked most about that book was actually my experience of reading it was when because yeah i'd heard so many good things about it that i started reading it and i was kind of like oh i feel a bit old for this like it's just kind of like oh you know funny stories that happened to me at uni and i was like oh she's a nice writer and she's funny and stuff but i kind of want a little bit more than that but I sort of stuck with it. And I, I just like the way that it turned into being a sort of love story about female friendship, because that's, you know, as a single person, that was something that I just was like, there aren't enough books about this. It's not about all my, you know, romantic relationships. It's like, this is my best friend who I adore. And this is all the reasons why. And I, I that's why I liked it personally. Yeah, I over, overwhelmingly really thought it was a great book. That's, that's the problem, isn't it? When something becomes really popular, you yeah, almost yeah. expect it to be one of the best things you've ever seen. And when you read it and it's not, that's obviously too high an expectation to have of something. It, 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 is, it is a good read. I didn't, didn't really, and I don't, you know, it probably says more about me than anything else, but the anecdotes that a lot of people were like, God, that's really brave to put that out there. I thought, I've blogged about that. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> and I've definitely, a lot of the sort of more so-called shocking parts that oh I didn't not, think it was very shocking I no, was actually gonna say it was, it's quite a, a gentle book like and yeah. sometimes I want a nice gentle read like it yeah. wasn't I didn't find it I didn't find it shocking at all yeah but the, uh, and, the and in a way like that's why it was sort of quite relatable like it wasn't it wasn't I didn't feel like it was trying to be a, a shock kind of like oh look at all these terrible things I did when I was young it was just like we've all been in those situations yeah, where you yeah. do dumb stuff to kind of impress someone and end up in a situation where you're like what am I doing here you know yeah the the female friendship part of it was really lovely but the part that I was bringing this up for is because she wrote a chapter on this guy that she'd met it was I think he was American and he was like a love guru guy oh yeah um, yeah she no she hadn't met him in real life at this point because she had to interview him because she was journalist as well wasn't she before becoming a book writer or I think she might still be but she was online getting to know this person did an interview with them and then they struck up a like a flirty friendship and it was straight into 
talking all night, emailing several times a day, messaging. Then it shifted to speaking on the phone. Then it was like, we've got to meet. We've got this like amazing connection. I feel like I'm kind of in love with you. And then they finally met in person, immediately had sex, and then he left and they never spoke again. <laughs> and it was... It was like, what the fuck did you expect? Right from the beginning of that chapter, I felt like this is not going to end well. This is so jumping in head first. You don't know this person. You don't know anyone when you or your relationship is based online and it's not in person. You just no. don't. You can't possibly know somebody. You, obviously, you don't know somebody personally when you've only known them a, a matter of weeks either. You just can't possibly. Like, there's just no shortcut to actually being in someone's life and spending totally. time with them. Yeah. And time takes time. You cannot rush it. You can try to stuff emails full of, this is what I love. This is where I went to school. This is my childhood memory of it. Like, you can do that as much as you like. That doesn't really get enable you to get to know somebody, as, as strange as that sounds. It's not is it? No, like, it's, it's just bits just, of information. Yeah, yeah. It's anecdotal stuff. It's not really about a personality and how well you gel. And you can really sort of... Feel like you're falling in love with somebody, but it's more like in the same way that you can fall in love with like an actor in a film. Yeah, I've had times when I've literally felt as though I am in love with you know Patrick Swayze from Dirty Dancing. I knew you were going to say Patrick Swayze, but there have been loads of them: Jude Law from Cold Mountain, Keanu Reeves in Bill and Ted's, Kevin Costner was my earliest crush in Robin Hood, which is weird for a child to fancy like a fifty-year-old mulleted guy in tights. And let's unpack that a bit, Jen. <laughs> Something in that. Yeah, but you can really feel like, oh my God, they're so incredible. And you don't know that this is an actor for a start. and Or, you know, a musician. You know, groupies mm. go nuts for musicians. Like, properly stalker territory. And um, you don't know that person at all. You just don't. I don't care how much the lyrics might speak to you or like how good an actor somebody is, which is basically just a good liar, by the way. Um, <laughs> believable liar is, you know, an actor. But you, you don't know these people. And yet it can it can get you going so strongly. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with like a real life. In fact, more so because you feel like there's actually, you know, this could actually happen in real life, this person that's not a famous film star yeah. or whatever but yeah you don't know them and so when that bit happened in the book I was thinking you're not this stupid surely you... come on Dolly come yeah on. So I just thought you didn't come across that gullible before this chapter <laughs> but I just but I think that so many people um do I mean obviously that was quite a, a weird sort of scenario just from you know being a journalist and ask, being asked to interview someone but everyone can kind of like make comparable mm. um make make comparable mistakes in ways that I, you know i'm trying to think well just it's, a, it's the same thing as social media right social media and yeah. dating apps it's it's and particularly dating apps because you're generally on there to elicit that reaction from somebody you know a, a flirtatious interested reaction in in somebody but it's still not real and that's why i think it was in the last episode i said you know my advice for that would be it's great it's a great way of like finding people that are nearby that are that are up for meeting up but don't spend too long on that phase of it meet meet up with them have a coffee do it fast you'll see in person if there's any spark there or not really yeah. really quickly you know i've only had like a very short brush with dating apps a few years ago but i found that i found that 
I there were a few that I had back and forth with for too long and then when I met them I thought oh god don't fancy you at yeah, all point and it's and and by then it becomes like this massive disappointment because you just yeah. like if you, you, you projected have that so much. kind of exa- that's exactly what it is yeah you know you can have that kind of like oh yeah we've got the the banter or whatever um but then it's it's pointless if when you meet like I'm always kind of like I wonder what they sound like because you can have um you can have great chat with someone like online but then what if they've got like a really weird creepy voice like instantly (laughs) it will just go and I've had that I was chatting to this um chatting to this girl on an app a few years ago and she she, she she's really smart and she was quite funny and we did sort of have quite good um quite good chat and then the second that she (laughs) her mouth and I spoke to her I just it just all changed it, everything suddenly You're like, oh, no. like a lie oh, no. I was like, this won't do I was <laughs> I mean I didn't say it but like instantly I was like oh no and I remember we went for a walk along the um I met her in London and we went for a walk along the uh, along the Thames and like every time we passed a dog she was like puppy I was like oh no and I was like there is no fucking way that this is gonna go anywhere but what can I do say oh I don't want to spend like an hour with you now because I don't like the baby voice you use when you talk to dogs but yeah, the stuff like that that you, and that has can that imagine really, your face so clearly. It was a really sobering moment where I was just like, I need to be careful on these apps now. But you know, you don't think about those things, so it's quite good in this day and age. You can get a voice memo beforehand now. I think is quite good where someone can just be like, "Hey," and and suddenly they become slightly more of a three D person if you can hear their voice. Just a tip for anyone out there, just in case you uh, get yeah. talking to the same person that I did. But the, yeah, there's so much that is only communicated by body language and you're not going to get that through a photograph through through anything other than being in somebody's company like one one on one there's so many things that could potentially go wrong like you know someone who might be incredibly funny and intelligent whatever but like what if they interrupt you every time that you say something like it's just there's there's so much nuance in uh, face-to-face conversation that is just it's just not there and I'm also <laughs> to be fair to all the people that I've been on dates with I am conscious that I'm a little bit better over text than I am in real in real life as well so I I'm definitely aware of that where you know people are like oh you're really funny and I'm like well I am but and that's real like I am incredibly funny in real life as well <laughs> but I'm also bit awkward not very good at eye contact um not very good at you know awkward silences and stuff I, I don't take responsibility for the conversation very well I know you're very handsy about me. <laughs> very handsy so I'm not talking to you and I'm not looking at you but I will be groping you and some people don't like that some uh, so put yeah. some people off that does at some people some people yeah so I know that that is something that I am aware of I don't want to be kind of present this image of you know I I feel like over text I can come across as being quite confident and then the reality of it is but shyness doesn't come across or being an introvert doesn't come across when you're like typing it obviously doesn't because it's just not the right medium for it and also but also there's kind of there's nothing wrong with that and it can be something that someone can find quite endearing but um you know I want them to want to, to be okay with that side of me as well I don't want to build up this idea that I'm this incredibly confident outgoing when you know, that's not true when it's not true mm. it's not true at all and um it doesn't need to be, be true 
no that's exactly that's exactly the point so yeah it's just about it's you can't get a 3d image of a person you can only get what they're really carefully curating for you and Mm. that's what's that's what's incredibly dangerous yeah so yeah dolly you let me down in that chapter (laughs) i have to say and i i just i I just found it because she she's she comes across as quite a strong quirky really lovable intelligent person and yeah i still think that overall but yeah that chapter i just felt i just felt you've let yourself down there and yeah. um, and it's really deeply unhealthy and yeah. if i'm to be completely honest about what i think i think it's stupid it's really stupid and <laughs> so she's not really a stupid mean, she's Go not on. a stupid person <laughs> and that's that's where the different that's where the disappointment comes from because she's not stupid at all like far from it but that is a, that was a stupid move it's a really stupid move and i feel like i feel like that's it let it let her down and it it kind of let her down in in my eyes <laughs> not that that would bother her in the slightest <laughs> but um yeah i just felt like oh no because you I want i don't let you down <laughs> i don't think you'd do that do you know what i, I, mean? I can't no. make any promises i don't know that's the thing like um i i would hope that i would be aware enough these days not to do that but um i think past- may, you know maybe it, it shows off um that shows that my damage because I do feel like I am probably too hard sometimes and and that's a massive protection um protective mechanism that I'll I'll use because I I am a really really sensitive person like quite I wouldn't say quite easily hurt because I'm that's not that wouldn't be true either but I definitely have been very very wounded uh, by friends by family by just people that are close are close to me and and certainly boyfriends ex-boyfriends relationships I have felt at times really wounded by and so I think from a young age I really learned to put up walls and not yeah. not put myself in a vulnerable position too easily and I've gone the other extreme with that probably so yeah. when I saw a woman yeah, yeah. displaying this stuff right from the start I was just thinking this is he's only after sex so obviously only after sex and she'd convinced herself that it was this crazy love affair and I just thought it can't possibly be you don't know this person at all you're being conned you're conning yourself it's a really foolish immature move to have fooled yourself into this scenario and you you're leaving yourself exposed and that that's what happened she was hurt by it and that's what he did and he never showed up again never contacted her again and to me it was just well yeah how did you not see that yeah, I I would say is that some people would go um, go the other way, and and rather than building too many walls up, they don't build enough up as a coping mechanism. Which just because they just are so desperate for mm. people to to give them something that um, they I'll just take let anyone anything, do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's just it's interesting how we we kind of um, create these defense mechanisms that are not really this sort of, I mean defense mechanisms are supposed to be in your best interest but they don't always serve you that well or they would have served you at a certain time but then when you are not in that place anymore you then have to work out how to take them down and dismantle them um so that you can let the appropriate amount of of love in and it's um it's a bit tricky sometimes yeah yeah so yeah how without giving too much away then how are things going in the early days of um having gone on several dates 
feeling all this, you know, raw emotion. It's all promising. This is sort of the nicest, well, not maybe not the nicest, but one of the best feelings in the world. You're sort of currently in that phase at the moment. But it's also really scary. (laughs) Well, no, but that's the thing. I think that's just the thing. It's, um, I've never... I've I've never felt like this and I don't mean that in a like very over the top Disney kind of like I've never felt like this um but I've never um I've never experienced all of that good stuff without the crushing um kind of uncertainty and concern and worry and you know that and I I know that some of that is sort of perfectly natural when you don't really know someone and you you're kind of in that beginning stage but um there's just been a it's just been right from the start completely different and this is exactly exactly what I wanted really um I think the first thing is that obviously the whole thing has been conducted completely sober which has been uh mind-blowing and and honestly I mean it's been it's been fucking brilliant I've absolutely loved it and I thought that I would be terrified I thought that I would um be filled with kind of dread of um you know god what's it going to be like because I'll be honest I've never I've had I've certainly never had a sober first date I've had dates where I haven't been drunk but usually I've had um a hangover like (laughs) Well, I usually have two drinks at least before I go because that's uh, that's where I felt like I needed to pitch pitch myself as a person. Like because without two drinks, I'm incredibly shy and awkward, and I don't want someone to see that side of me. So I would have two drinks before getting on the bus, and then by the time I meet them and have one drink, I'm then three drinks in, mm. and I'm then I'm a bit looser and I'm kind of entering that kind of you know confident um, stage. But there's, you know, sober, there's nowhere to hide. And actually, again, because I have done so, so much work on myself, I actually didn't want to hide. Mm. I was just like, this is entirely who I am. You're getting a completely accurate representation of someone who is... Um, as appears yeah Yeah, exactly and then when someone likes you for that that feels amazing because Mm. it's not kind of like oh well yeah the date went well and the chemistry was good but now I've got to navigate seeing them again and being sober or seeing you know and and suddenly you know I was talking about this with my therapist the other day I'm like there is only one version of me now and I don't have to worry which version someone's going to get depending on the circumstances Mm. and that is it is just so freeing it's so freeing and I didn't you know I felt all the kind of nerves and excitement that anyone would feel on going on a first date with someone that they hadn't met before but I didn't feel any of the other stuff that goes with it like I can't tell you the sense of dread I used to feel going on dates like my my dear friend absolutely loves when I go on dates because I just send her like hourly pictures of me just being like oh god I'm so miserable I'm dreading it I just I I used to make me feel ill like it was horrible not you know not good nervous excitement it was actual dread of just not being comfortable in my own skin and um that's so sad isn't it and that it's so sad it's so unbelievably sad because there's nothing so unnecessary I'm a perfectly nice person to spend an evening with I don't need to be drunk to be um you know to be all these kind of things that I think that people are expecting of me like I am you're able to be those things because you are those things yeah Yeah. you're authentically those things 
that's exactly it. It's all about authenticity. And it, it was, you know, the chemistry was great and the chat was great, but there was no, you know, there were still moments where I just said stupid things or did like really embarrassing stuff. And I just like owned up to it in the moment and we just laughed about it. And I'm like, well, you know, this is it. This is what you're going to get. And, yeah. and um, that would have happened if it. you were drinking. It's just you yeah. would have possibly not cared. remembered it yeah or That's just exactly being a I bit wouldn't have cared about it in the moment mm. and then the next day I would have been like can't believe I did that and I would have been running through the night and mm. um kind of analyzing it and thinking um uh yeah just, just being suddenly mm. being a stressful situation um and yeah being able to remember everything is great <laughs> mm. because especially when it's nice it's nice like I've been on dates before that have been good and I've been like god I can't actually really remember what they look like <laughs> and or you know I know we were laughing but what we were actually laughing about and then what happens yeah. oh it's all blurry after that and, and there's big chunks of the night that you literally yeah. can't place yourself anywhere like how did we get home it's, which is yeah really it's not sad good. yeah it's not good um so yeah it's just overall been um been a really just nice experience and also just being able to plan to do stuff that isn't centered around drinking to say let's go for a walk like and and not be worrying like well where am I going to fit the pub into that and mm. you know I'm going to have to drive so I'm not going to be able to like it's just it is really really freeing so um, I mean that has kind of been my experience that's of sobriety in general but um, to implement that in a um, kind of area of my life where I'm not super confident or comfortable um, has been yeah it's just been really good oh that's so lovely i'm so so chuffed for you and um Thanks. i hope it goes from strength to strength i don't see why it won't but um no. obviously you can only do what you can do and the other person is up to them so yeah. whether whether um you know you are really compatible long term or just unfold in time you know that will come about yeah. but if you are feeling like you are putting your best foot forward and you're you're being your best self and you're able to do that and you're doing it confidently and and it is authentic and you're enjoying it because this is this is life you know this is not the waiting period until you can get into a a marriage or you know a stable situation or get a mortgage together this is life right now that you're living and wherever any of us are whether we're in relationships or out or we're whatever it's that's not the crux of a life it's how do you feel at any given moment and Mm. are you enjoying yourself are you living a a healthy honest enjoyable helpful life because um that's all any of us can ever strive for and um i think it's a danger to sort of think oh i'll be happy when i get this or when i get that or in six months the move the goalposts on yourself when you yeah. get there that's the thing and yeah. that's that's what the you know I always say that um I try not to <laughs> try not to counsel my friends but I sometimes can't help it and I'm just like I know you're, you're saying this but once you get there that job won't be enough or that yeah. you know that won't be enough money or it won't you'll want to live somewhere else or whatever it is like you have to have to find a way to even if you're not hugely happy in the present because I'm not saying like you know your life's great and you need to appreciate it but like you have to find something to be grateful for of what Mm. you've got now and it's okay to strive for stuff and to want more for yourself but that needs to not just be the only thing that um the only place that your focus is totally and and it's it's just a dangerous thought that that thing or that situation is the thing that will unlock your happiness yeah because ultimately that's just not really how it goes you know we're all all of us accountable for our own 
feeling of contentment and um, that won't really be unlocked by how much money is in your bank account or the person that you're with you know people can be in happy relationships and be really miserable people can be Mm. rich and commit suicide you know no one of those external things is going to be the thing that will make you happy you will make yourself happy so yeah I'm I'm just I'm really really chuffed because obviously the more people that get to enjoy your company I think that's a bonus for them so I feel like I feel like it's um it's just lovely as well that's exactly what I feel like I just want to (laughs) spread spread myself around as thinly as possible no I don't shut up but um Um, no and also it's nice to get cuddles and all of that and have have dates and and fall in love like all of that is it is magical and when it happens it's lovely so I'm just chuffed that you're getting to experience that at the moment because it won't fucking last and that's (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean I don't mean that as um (laughs) I don't mean that as um, I know what you mean for it to me I don't mean that the relationship's doomed I just mean that that feeling I love my husband but we don't get that magical feeling every time we walk into the room with each other because it doesn't last it's a short-lived thing that sort of heady romantic part of a relationship it it just doesn't last whether the relationship ends or it goes on to the other phase which is equally as lovely it's just it's just different yeah but this is exactly this bit that you're sort of currently experiencing of of partly it's like you don't know where this is going to go so it's the excitement of Mm. it and it's the um the oh what's the word on it was almost like an anxiety attached to it because yeah you you haven't got this secured and nailed down and that's part of the attraction that it's not quite yours and so you're you're almost winning this thing that you like this person you want this person at the moment have you got this person you kind of have she wants to spend time with you but But it's just not secure risk every time you're kind of like oh do you want to do this and it's like oh what if they say no and then when they just go when they're you know and in the past i've had people (laughs) basically did say no yeah you know who are just like oh you know or said yes and then cancelled or just had had all this other stuff and like i'll let you know when i can see you and you're just kind of sitting around waiting and you know it's just and you're nice like, please to please be- spend time with me <laughs> please i'm really sad and lonely <laughs> really depressed i need a call the only good thing in my life <laughs> no pressure but yeah, don't mean to <laughs> my turn you off. happiness is riding on this yeah. um but yeah no just having that little bit of risk and then having someone just go yeah i'd love to is um is is lovely awesome yeah Yeah, it is and and I've never like I say never really been in the position to to fully be able to enjoy that because Mm. I haven't been present you've not been fully present yeah no oh bloody hell can you hear that what's that this is this is an alarm on my phone to take a vitamin (laughs) can you hear that I can yeah the Baywatch thing (laughs) (laughs) it is too I love the Baywatch theme. It's like a remix version, but the lyrics are so great. <laughs> anyway, let's turn that off. <laughs> so we can, let's all pretend we didn't hear that. Was David Hasselhoff one of your former loves? God, no. No. <laughs> it would have been Pamela Anderson, if anybody. Really? <laughs> I mean, in that programme, yeah. I don't. I didn't watch the program. I, I caught like one, or I was aware of it as a cultural phenomenon. But the song, I always look like I'm a real sucker for sort of um, like power up pop rock. I even do you remember the body form, <laughs> the body form um, theme? It's what like a actress? really old, yeah, for the sanitary towel. Yeah, <laughs> what body form? So body form for you. <laughs> it's really good. 
Wow. Um, I mean, as tangents go, even for us, getting on to, uh, to sanitary towel ads <laughs> is, is a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not at all proud about where I get my good music from at all. Like, I'll easily love, um, you know like really naff bands and um and i would consider myself i've got like good music taste but i really happily will sing along to like like chesney hawks like the one and only is such a great song it's rousing it is it's brilliant (laughs) anyway i feel like we need to wrap up so um god we talk about some stuff don't we utter dross yeah (laughs) The body form advert did not expect that one to pop up. <laughs> anyway, nope. great chats as yeah, always. Good stuff. <laughs> and uh, I'll catch you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye.